You are listening to The Wise Prepper Show. This is a podcast of this past week's show, so you cannot call in now. But you can listen to us live on Saturday nights, 8 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time, from 101.1 FM in Portland, Oregon, or streaming live on the internet worldwide from KXL.com. Just click on the Listen Live button Saturday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. And visit us online at thewiseprepper.com. And now it's the Wise Prepper Show, sponsored by the Portland Preparedness Center on the corner of 72nd and Gleason Street, open Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Our website is getreadyportland.com. Your hosts are Michael Knight and Joshua Patterson, and we're not doomsday preppers. But we are here to cover controversial issues that you need to be prepared for. I'm Michael Knight, and this is the Wise Prepper Show. And tonight on the Wise Prepper Show, Michael's out, but we've got his news coming up. We're excited about that. And he's got some interesting news about whether there's a potential earthquake in the Northwest coming to a place near you. And uh, we've got him on hold, actually, online, too, so we're going to go ahead and bring Michael into the show. We're excited about that. Michael, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. Uh, I'm 100 miles out of town, 50 miles from the nearest city. Working from what they call the home office. I thought you were hiding in a bunker somewhere, then that's why I haven't seen you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the reason we, we started the Wise Prepper Show was to let people know that uh, things are going strange around the world, and there are good reasons to get prepared for this sort of thing. Like in the last 24 hours, there's been a, a 5.7 earthquake in uh, South Africa, a 5.6 and a 5.5 in Iran, and uh, in Japan near that nuclear power plant. There's been a 5.9 quake, and that's caused a further overflow of contaminated water into the ocean. Well, that's pretty uh, scary. You know, I, I, at first at, tonight, I wanted to remind everyone that it was 30 years, 33 years ago today that just after 8.30 a.m., uh, Mount St. Helens erupted into the sky, and it forever changed the, uh, the skyline of the Pacific Northwest. And uh, it must have been quite an event. It was, you know, pretty amazing to see. And, you know, I found a sound clip today that, uh, of geologists Keith and Dorothy Stoffel, who were flying above Mount St. Helens. And, uh, you know, they had a bird's eye view of what was going on. And I wanted everybody to hear that because I thought it was pretty impressive. So we're going to listen to that. The whole top of the north side just began to um, uh, ripple and kind of uh, churn up. And everything to the north of that just slid away, just completely slid away. And within... Seconds after that, a huge blast occurred. Wow, a huge blast. Well, it was not just a huge blast. It was the whole side of a mountain. And I know, Michael, you've got some news for us tonight that we're going to get to in a little bit. Um, but it was quite an amazing account. And, I mean, what, what were the odds that they would just happen to be flying over Mount St. Helens before it erupted? Probably more than uh, one in 175 million. So, you know, some of us just heard I've the lottery numbers there. Right made my first trip up to Mount St. Helens uh, back in 1988, I believe it was. It was just staggering to drive around a corner and see as far as the eye could see, the whole forest had been flattened. Yeah. I've been back there since, and it's uh, recovered a lot, but, you know, it was just a terrible event at the time. Yeah, well, I know, I know that it was, you know, amazing for those who got to watch it. I wanted to take some time to talk with people about making a kit tonight, and... Uh, 
you know, I wanted to start off with, with talking about Main, uh, Mount St. Helens because I think that that's just an incredible event. But I wanted to bring people back for just a minute to uh, a few weeks ago when we had James Roddy on because, I, you know, it is easy to forget about these earthquakes. And I wanted to remind them before we heard your news rep- report a little later today just what we're talking about and just what the earthquake is going to look like. So this is what James had to say. This earthquake is going to shake harder at the coast. So imagine that highway, the, the big magnitude 9 Cascadia earthquake. Um, highway 101 will cease to exist in that earthquake. All of those big, beautiful, historic bridges that cross the big rivers at the coast will probably tumble into the water. That's pretty scary. Here in the Willamette Valley, I-5 will be damaged to the extent that it will cease to exist as a transportation corridor until it can be reopened. So we're talking about major bridges across many of the rivers running through the Willamette Valley. And, and ODOT and um, the state expect to see damage in those bridges. Here in Portland, we could expect to see damage to many of the bridges here. Uh, I, the Fremont Bridge is especially vulnerable. Uh, bridges like um, the Hawthorne with those huge counterweights with, with thousands of pounds of uh, stuff sitting way up above the river. When those start moving in this earthquake, they're going to damage that. And, you know, it was really good to have James on a few weeks ago. Michael, with your help tonight, I want to help encourage people to get prepared. So I'd like to talk tonight about making a basic kit. And the first part before you make that kit is to make a simple plan. And I was just sitting here looking out the window at the studio at KXL downtown, really hoping that uh, your upcoming report is not correct because I'm on the wrong side of the river. Well, it's an anticipation of an earthquake in the near future, but we'll get to that after the break, after the, you know, after the bottom of the hour. Absolutely. So what else have you been doing up there, Michael? You've got your garden ready for, uh, for the big quake so you can sustain yourself? Well, I've actually been aware of earth changes for quite a while, and yes, so the garden's going in. Um, but, you know, what I've done is uh, tied the hot water cylinder to the, to the wall, um, I've got myself a backup water supply, which is essential because our well actually sometimes runs dry in the summer. Uh, but also, we, there was a very minor earthquake some time ago, and it turned the water in the well to rust for quite a while. You know, it took a while to clean that out. Yeah, well, you up in up in Washington there, where your undisclosed location is, you guys actually have more earthquakes than we do here in Portland. And Portland actually has a disturbingly small number of earthquakes, and that's one of the reasons that we get concerned that people aren't actually thinking about getting prepared because there's no little shake to remind them. And uh, you got you got to be ready. When I come down to Portland, Joshua. I'm aware that although there have been few earthquakes over the years. I've recently been reading a book about major disasters in, in Oregon, and Portland actually sits on a number of earthquake fault lines. Yeah, there's, there's, three, there's three of them, um, and the two that I can remember off the top of my head are the Oatfield Fault and the Portland Fault, and we talked about that on that show, too. You can listen to that show by going to our, our archive at thewiseprepper.com. But, you know, Mike, it brings to a, a good point that, I mean, we're talking about a level of devastation that we've never seen. And that's concerning. It is, but let's get back to the preparing a kit because you know being forewarned means that you can you can be in a good situation in an event like that. Well, Mike, we've got a few basics that we want to put in, that we want to think about when we're getting ready to prepare a kit. What are some of those basics? Well, 
food and water are essential. Um, we have, uh, for example, if you're in the city, you're going to want to get home. Therefore, a good backpack's essential. You want to have some water pouches or a canteen in there, some food bars. Um, you want to always have good walking shoes with you, not necessarily in the pack, but in your vehicle. And um, in the pack, it's essential, I think, to have a, a good pair of work gloves. Yeah, I think that's some, some good advice. You know, those shoes are not only handy um, in your car, but they're also handy underneath your bed, as well as maybe an old bicycle helmet or uh, some other type of head protection, because if there is a big shake, it's, you know, it may last six to ten minutes long, and you're going to definitely have some glass you may have to trudge over. So just keep an extra pair of shoes underneath your bed uh, would be a good start to your, to your plan. You mentioned water. It's wet down here in Portland today outside, but it is important to think about you know, how much water you should have. Uh, for a long time, we've been told it's one gallon per person per day. Uh, you and I, we do a lot of recommending that it's at least three gallons per person per day, and we did talk about that in another show, but I can't stress how important it is to have some potable water already packed away in your get-home bag or your get-out bag and, and a good water filter as well, too, because your, your portable water is only going to last, or your potable water is only going to last for so long. Well, the Sawyer water bottle that we sell at the store actually has a filter in it, and you can filter rainwater through that. Another important thing to have in the a get-home bag is uh, some cash, just in case you want to pay somebody to ferry you across a river. Well, I think it's good to point out that if we have a big earthquake, it's not going to be an economic collapse, so cash will still be worth them a lot of money. The only problem is, is that we probably won't have power, so if you don't have some already, the ATM's not exactly going to be working for you, so that's a great point. You know, another thing that you might want, might want to keep in your 72-hour bag would be, uh, you know, toothbrush and a toothpaste, some soap, a small towel, um, a complete change of clothing. You know, our 72-hour kits obviously don't come with those personal necessities that you need to remember to put into your bag. Um, prescriptions, you can always ask your doctor, uh, doctor for samples of the prescriptions that you already have or to get an extension on your, on your prescription. A poncho is an important thing, too, because you can use that if it's raining while you're walking, or you can use it as a shelter if you need to bunk down overnight. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, a basic sewing kit, and um, you know, probably if you have a pet, it's a good idea to keep an extra leash and some tags in your bag as well, too, as well as some extra pet food as well. You know, this is why we say when people come into the preparedness center, that a 72-hour kit is a very individualized thing. It's going to be different for me, Mike, than it's going to be for you, and it's sure going to be different for from us than it will be for my wife or my kids. So, A couple of other things to keep in mind, too, is that a first aid kit's important. Yeah, absolutely. And, not, and probably more than just a box of Band-Aids. If, if we have a long-term emergency, you're going to want to have more than than just bandage in your first aid kit. You want to put some triangular bandages in there, um, probably some roll, roll gauze, um, and make sure that you keep a, keep a regular check on your kit. Like uh, when we had Justin in here, we were talking about making sure that your kit was serviceable. And also, match your kit to your level of uh, expertise. Um, you know, a, a triangular bandage, for example, is um, quite essential in, in the event of a broken limb or something of that nature that you should have the um, experience ahead of time 
or the, the training ahead of time into, as to how to use these items. Yeah, I agree with that. When we come back on the Wise Prepper Show, we're going to be hopefully taking your calls at 503-417-9595 with Michael Knight and myself. Here to answer your preparedness questions. And uh, do give us a call. We want to help you. This is the Wise Prepper Show. FM News 101 KXL. The Wise Prepper Show is all about being prepared for things like civil war, a zombie attack, a tsunami, or an alien landing. Be wise, be ready, come visit the Portland Preparedness Center at 7202 Northeast Gleason Street on the corner of 72nd and Gleason, or online at getreadyportland.com. Now, it's back to The Wise Prepper Show. Well, welcome back to the Wise Pepper Show with myself and Michael Knight, who is out of studio tonight, but still gracing, gracing us with his presence. You know, Michael, I was just saying before we left about making a go bag. And uh, before we hop over to the news, what about staying home? What, what are some things that we should have if we have to stay home? Well, first thing you should be aware of, um, and I'm going back to New Zealand where I come from, but in Christchurch, where I used to live, the first things that went out in an earthquake were the water lines, the sewer lines, and the electricity. Uh, even the pumps that, that should have been, uh, you know, pumping water, they, they got destroyed. So it was days and sometimes weeks before people had water available to them. Now, on top of that, you've got a situation where you don't have access, you can't use your, your, your cook stove. So there should be some way of heating water. And, and cooking a meal. Those are really important issues. You should have food on hand. What most people seem to have in their refrigerators these days is enough to keep them going for a day or two because Fred Meyer's just down the road. But uh, in the event of an earthquake, as happened back there, all the warehouses that stock all the goodies that Fred Meyer needs got destroyed. Millions of dollars worth of food suddenly just fell over and it was done. They couldn't deliver it. And well, the same would happen in Portland. And also without refrigeration, obviously, you know, they, they, they either have to give the food up or destroy it. I mean, without being refrigerated, the food that's in the store already is going to spoil. Unfortunately, there's not very much food in the store. If there's not very much food in your, in your house, then uh, you're double out of luck. And I hear what you're saying with, you know, most folks having what they need in the refrigerator at the time. You know, getting prepared can be a financial unexpected if it's something that you not didn't normally think about you know you, you think about buying some food to put away and things are times are tight but the important thing to remember is that getting prepared is kind of like insurance only unlike insurance you may not never know you may not ever know if you're going to get in a car accident we know we're overdue for this earthquake we know that it's going to come eventually so what's the harm in preparing yourself with a little bit of insurance that you know you can rely on well, that's the beauty of freeze-dried foods, you know. You can buy those, and you can open them up 10 years from now, and uh, the food will be just as tasty and nutritious as it was when it was, it was packed into the cans and so forth. I don't disagree at all. Well, what do you think? Should we go to the news and let uh, everybody hear what's coming? 
No, I think that's coming up after the half hour break. But uh, <sighs> you're like but a, you're like an episode of a show that I watch all the time. That I uh, give me the show. I want to hear the news. <laughs> now, okay, fine well, then. Tell you what, I'd, I'd I'd be okay with that if you'd like to do that because, you know, it it, it is a very important uh, report, a special report. It's based on current information. It's based on the, um, well, the anticipation of a major earthquake in this area sometime soon. I know, and it, and it is out of the traditional, but I really want to give people an opportunity to call us up at 503-417-9595 and talk about this news story that you've put together because it is, it, it's a very different news story than you normally put together. So let's go ahead and have a listen to it and then give us a call up and talk about it because I'd like to know what our listeners have to say. Now it's wise prep and news time, and it's been a week of major fires and killer storms. We're told firefighters are slowly getting the upper hand on wildfires north of Los Angeles, but one of them has already destroyed over 4,000 acres. Frankly, with summer just started and so much of the country still in drought, we can expect many more in the coming months. But now, I have to mention Cliff High of the HalfPastHuman.com website again, because he's anticipating an earthquake in our region sometime in the near future. Today he's recorded another what I call fireside chat, starting with his experience in a magnitude 8.1 earthquake while eating breakfast in a Mexico City hotel back in 1993. There was glass raining down on people's heads as they got outside into the street, only to see a hotel across the street swaying 10 feet back and forth. And on the flight home, he met a guy who'd been flung from his balcony in that hotel into the swimming pool below and survived. But what he recalls that is very significant is that the majority of people just sat in stunned disbelief for as much as a minute when the earthquake struck, while thousand-gallon propane tanks were being flung from the tops of tall buildings and some were exploding as they hit the street. So it could be that you'll sit there in stunned disbelief as we talk about his anticipation of a truly major quake here in the Northwest in the near future. But hang in there and we'll explain. Cliff High has been using special data-gathering software on the Internet for many years, and that data has often, quite accurately, pointed toward coming events, such as the 2004 Banda Aceh quake and tsunami that took almost a quarter of a million lives. Now, he says, there are a number of precursor events happening that lead him to think there may be a significant earthquake in the Pacific Northwest very soon. Those precursors include sea temperature anomalies, the discovery of a new and bulging volcano off southeast Alaska, an increase in the number of missing animals, a worldwide increase in quakes around the Ring of Fire, recent quakes in Alaska, and so on. His data sets are also indicating that a global coastal event is imminent, at least to some degree, although he admits that the data does tend toward the negative because it reflects the generally negative tone of language used on the Internet. Therefore, the severity of the global coastal event cannot be truly accurately forecast, although the data suggests there'll be a lot of water sloshing around and ports becoming unusable. As for the earthquake, the data says it could create a long-term isolation for the Northwest for a number of decades and, quote, damage or destroy bridges for a thousand miles around, unquote. Now let's put that in perspective. Federal, state and local governments are obviously well aware of these potentials. 
In fact, some government agencies have done their best to copy or replicate the sort of data gathering system that Cliff High developed. And at the same time, here in the Northwest, dozens of bridges and overpasses have been strengthened in the past few years on Interstate 5 and Highway 101, among others. Okay, Cliff's data and precursor events suggest a major earthquake is coming in the near future. Therefore, he has personally taken precautions at home. He's fastened his big furniture to the wall, and the same should be done for water heaters. As he says, the trends in terms of more and bigger earthquakes around the world, crazy weather, vicious storms, volcanic activity, are all trending towards something very big coming our way. Bottom line, whether it's sooner or later, bigger or smaller, being prepared is the wise thing to do. You can hear Cliff's latest talk in full at his website, halfpasthuman.com, and remember, that data did foretell the Banda Aceh earthquake and other events as well, which is why we put together this report, because as much as we hope this won't happen, it'd be terrible to think you got caught by surprise because you didn't know it just might happen, and soon. This is Michael Knight for The Wise Prepper Show. And welcome back to the Wise Prepper Show. Right before the break, we were listening to Michael Knight's fascinating news. And Michael, I have to say that, you know, I was never really into listening about this guy. And, you know, Cliff Hyde's got some interesting stuff. Well, he has indeed. And the reason I made the point that um, certain government agencies have tried to replicate what he's um, done is that there's been a significant statistically interesting um, series of events that have occurred because, you know, this data indicated they'd be, be upcoming. And while he's very open about saying we hope it won't happen, the history of this um, format of his is that some of these things have happened. Now, what we're doing here, now, let, let's ask people to call us in if they have any questions about this on 503-417-9595 or if you're out of town on 877-733-1011 because we really feel that this should be an interactive show. So give us a call, 503-417-9595 or 877-733-1011. So, Michael, I wanted to ask a question about your news report here. What is the global coastal event that you, that you were reporting on? A global coastal event is something which could occur over a period of time. It's not like a sudden um, rush of water out of the oceans up every coast and on the planet. And its cause is not totally clear. One possibility is a meteor strike. And again, these things have happened in the historical past. Um, another potential cause would be um, a break between tectonic plates and upwelling of magma due to perhaps um, some major explosive type event deep within the Earth. Now, if that occurred, according to some previous data of cliffs, it would likely uh, start in the South Pacific between a couple of tectonic plates. And when that magma would hit the bottom of the ocean, it would, of course, boil the water. It would not only lift it and push it sideways uh, into coastal environments, but it could boil the ocean water. And that, of course, would lead to 
and this again has happened in the past, a deluge in that once that quantity of water gets into the atmosphere, you could get absolutely torrential rains. So the global coastal event or events would be a series of um, catastrophes, let's call them, or earthquakes and tsunamis. Uh, but that's where we get the information that ports would become unusable because any rise in water levels in a port would, for example, put your... Um, Container ships, you know, they, they rely on these big cranes above them to take the, the containers off. If the water rises three, four, five feet, you know, big trouble. Well, and equally, you know, if those container ships are unable to function, um, you know, you were talking this, this week about some solar activity that had been going on, and I, I did want to give you some time to talk about that because that's one of those situations to be prepared for that those ships would not function, and again, we would have a supply issue. Yes, uh, the situation there is that there's major solar activity going on at present. In the past week, the sun has sort of uh, ejected a number of X-class flares, and one of them, uh, you know, they've been coming towards Earth. So a major X-class flare can... Uh, affect the grid, it can affect satellites, and as a consequence affect GPS systems. And if that happens, worst case scenario would be that um, electrical systems on ships and planes would, would just quit. The same with, um, see, when, when these X-class flares, if they're big enough, when they hit the power grid, they travel down the lines and pipelines and so forth, and they hit transformers and blow them apart. Uh, we had a CME uh, hit Earth's magnetic field today, and the northern lights, you know, were seen as far as uh, Pawnee Buttes in Colorado. Not here. It's uh, cloudy. But, yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, but there's a second and a more potent uh, coronal mass ejection on its way from a sunspot on the sun. It's numbered AR-1748 or AR-1748. And the uh, NOAA forecasters are estimating a 75% chance of um, what they call polar geomagnetic storms when that cloud arrives in the next day or two. And also, that particular sunspot could produce more serious X-class flares and blast them towards Earth as long as it's facing our way. So, you know, we're doing the alarm clock thing here. We're simply saying, um, hey, this is what's happening. Wake up, be aware, don't be scared, just be warned. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, no matter what it is that's going on, it's a good reason to be prepared. And we, you know, I say personally, and you know this, that if you're prepared for the inevitable earthquake, you're prepared for something as dramatic as a major solar event or a CME event. Now, that's mostly true, of course, as long as you're thinking about being a little bit resilient and preparing yourself with a good garden, because, well, you're going to have to forget about the cell phone and the Facebook and all those other things that, also, during a big earthquake with no electricity, we're going to be completely disconnected. Do you know what the definition of a zombie is? Some people say it's a hungry person, but I've just realized that a zombie is somebody who's deprived of their cell phone and their computer. <laughs> Are you making fun of me again? Is this going to become a weekly occurrence? Hey, listen, you know what? There's a really important aspect of a 72-hour kit, and it's something that doesn't go into a bag. And that's what you're going to do about sanitation. And you need to have a, a, 
sanitation plan for if there's an emergency. And it's really important to think about because what's the one thing that we don't really want to talk about? Personal, personal sanitation, hygiene situations. There are solutions. Um, you know, we've got some good guides on our website at GetReadyPortland.com, but we've also got some good products. Um, a simple solution is just to increase your comfort level, and you can do that with something like the Luggable Lou seat lid, which we carry in the store. It's a very simple-looking toilet seat lid that fits on any five-gallon container. And as silly as potty jokes might be, we're not going to do them because sanitation is a very serious situation. And unfortunately, it causes most deaths uh, after a major natural, natural disaster would be sanitation issues. In fact, uh, even after Haiti, we saw some outbreaks of cholera and other sanitation-related illnesses. So that's something outside of the 72-hour kit or the bug-out bag kit that I want people to really start to think about is what are they going to do for sanitation after, after a big emergency? Definitely a good thought there, Joshua, because if a person has a you know a shovel at home, then you can dispose of waste products as necessary. Um, you can also add to the bucket something like lime. You can get that from a garden store, and that'll uh, keep the odors down. Uh, you know, these are our important things to consider. Now, you could also uh, have a tarp set up and uh, make yourself something of a private uh, outhouse. Yeah, well, you know, and not everybody rents a, a house. You know, you've got folks in apartments that have to think about sanitation equally. So there are there are a variety of solutions. But just like I said, to put, you know, soap, uh, a, a rag, and some other toothbrush and such into your 72-hour kit, that's another thing that you want to think about when it comes to sanitation and, a, and an often under underexplored area of preparedness. Now, assuming that uh, radio stations are still functioning, um, it's important to have some form of um, radio in your kit, something that is, uh, you know, hand-operated, got a, one of those wind-up mechanisms like the C-Crane uh, solar radio that we stock, which charges both on solar power and on the dynamo crank. And you can also run it off a, a wall outlet as long as you've got electricity. But those are important things, and those particular radios that we stock have... Uh, the weather forecast channels on them as well, the emergency channels. Yeah, well, you definitely want to know what's going on. And without, uh, without major communications being available, you're going to be on your own to, to make that happen. So a good radio is absolutely key. Um, you may, you know, if you want to wait for cellular service to come back, you may want to have a tra way to charge your cell phone, if not just to hand the cell phone to a family member and say, here, play this game, please, and stop screaming. And so there are solar... Joshua, which, which I think is worth um, considering. And it's not... It's everybody's personal choice. But um, self-defense is something that's important, whether it's in a, in a disaster situation or any time. And, you know, that's where I think we ought to perhaps talk about uh, Dan Blackstone. Yeah, well, fortunately, we're, we're lucky to know Blackstone. You know, uh, Blackstone Gun Safety is a sponsor of the, of the Wise Prepper Show. And, you know, without the Second Amendment, we lose our freedom. And we do talk about the Second Amendment here and, th here and then. But Dan Blackstone, owner of Blackstone Gun Safety, understands and wants to preserve this right. Well, and that's why Dan started Blackstone Gun Safety, to help people learn about handguns, increase their proficiency, and or obtain their concealed carry permit. Join Blackstone Gun Safety with uh, one of the upcoming concealed carry classes in Portland and leave educated, certified, satisfied, BlackstoneGunSafety.com. Now, you're going to want to write this down. It's Blackstone, 
gunsafety, no spaces, dot com is where you go to get started and take advantage of a special 10% off KXL discount at checkout by using the special keyword KXL. And this is the only place you're going to hear that discount, so make sure that you write it down and use it when you sign up for your proficiency course or your concealed carry class. Blackstone Gun Safety is serious about helping you exercise your Second Amendment rights. Remember, BlackstoneGunSafety.com. Go up there, go there and sign up for their classes. And in fact, the next one uh, will be at the Portland Preparedness Center. Uh, well, there is actually going to be one more on Sunday uh, at the Expo Center. But then this week coming up, there'll also be one at the Portland Preparedness Center. We'll cover that more in detail at our community calendar after the next break. And, uh, you know, I think that's a good point to bring up, Mike. It is. And as I say, it's not for everybody, but it's an important thing for people to consider. Uh, much as we would like everybody to love their neighbor and get to know their neighbors as soon as they can, you know, in terms of who they are and what their attitudes are towards preparedness, so that you can be helpful to each other. And that's a natural human instinct in a disaster. People put aside all their differences and they help each other immediately. I agree. Hey, we've got Mike from Hillsborough on the line. He wants to ask about uh, some shortwave radios. Mike, are you with us? Yeah, I'm with you. I, that C train, the hand crank, can you get one of those that has shortwave on it? The C crane hand, uh, shortwave radio is actually not a hand crank radio, it is uh, powered by C, by C batteries. Um, or AC power. They don't have a hand crank uh, radio, but we do have the shortwave radio available th uh, via special order at the Portland Preparedness Center, and it's a really nice radio. It's got a five-inch speaker on there, and it just sounds great. Yeah, I had one a while back, and it went kaput on me, and I kind of enjoyed shortwave, you know, going through other parts of the world that you can pick up late at night. Um, the other thing, um, I, you know, I, I, I've got food and all the rest of the stuff that you guys have been talking about, but I don't have, what I don't have is a really, really good put-away-to-be-used uh, medical kit. Sure. Do you sell those? We sure do, and we've got all the supplies that you need to put a medical kit together that's going to match your level of training. So, yeah, we do have those. So it would would that would that have in that medical kit would that have a basic um, first aid book and stuff like that in it? Well, we've got quite a few different ones. What I would do is head over to my website at getreadyportland.com or come down to the store at the corner of 72nd and Gleason and talk to me or Michael, and we'll be happy to show you the first aid kits and help you find exactly what you need. Couple of them okay. Well, thank thank you for your time. Hey, Mike. Thanks for giving us a call tonight. Okay. Bye. 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 Thank you, Mike. Appreciate hearing from you. you know, a couple of the books that we have that are very popular, there's one called Where There Is No Doctor, um, and there's another one called Where There Is No Dentist. And one thing I'm grateful to you for, Joshua, is that you've had that background in net training. Uh, you seem to be keeping up with it all the time. And because of that, you know, we're now stocking a, a really wonderful range of emergency first aid supplies. Yeah, definitely. And I'll mention the, the Neighborhood Emergency Team program when we come back for our break, but it is a great volunteer resource here in the city of Portland, and we can expand on that a little bit. Um, and, you know, give us a call if you have questions about what we have in our store or about the news tonight or 
just about your preparedness needs. 503-417-9595. Or if you're out of the area listening online at 877-733-1011. And this is the Wise Prepper Show. FM News 101 KXL. If you're not ready for the simplest emergency, you're going to be part of the problem in a big emergency because there's no guarantee that emergency services will be at your place when an emergency actually happens. Fortunately, the Portland Preparedness Center is here to provide you with everything you need before you need it. Visit us on the corner of 72nd and Gleason and online at getreadyportland.com. Now, back to the Wise Prepper Show. And thanks for coming back to the Wise Prepper Show. Tonight, the community calendar is brought to you by Blackstone Gun Safety. As you just heard, tomorrow at the Expo Center, Blackstone is offering concealed carry class from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. If you can't make that class, there will be another one this Thursday at the Portland Preparedness Center from 5 to 10. Sign up online at blackstonegunsafety.com. Are you a prepper? Do you want to know more about getting prepared? Join the Portland, join the prepper, prepare group. It's a meetup group that meets up on Wednesdays. And uh, you can find out more about that at our website at getreadyportland.com. And if you have preparedness events coming up on your calendar, or you're an emergency manager and want to talk about those types of things on our radio show, give us an email, news at thewiseprepper.com. Well, Michael, we've got a call holding from Richard in Silver Lake. Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's windy and cold out here, but we're fine. What can we do for you? Well, uh, on this side of the hill, you have 20 below in the winter and about 90 in the summer, so you have two sets of get-out-of-town bags. <laughs> yeah. Very, very good point. Yeah, and my question is, I'm going totally solar, and I've gotten out of Hillsboro this year. And so I'm looking for a 110-volt dryer and a 110-volt water heater. And that's well, a big question right now. I'm not sure where we could uh, point. My first thought on that is that uh, Craig's supposed to be a good place to start. Um, solar power is uh, a wonderful way to go for home use um, if you could afford it and um, it sounds as though you really are getting yourself off the grid there Mike right and we're you know fairly close to the, to that uh, south sister bulge in Kalina Lake and that Newberry Crater too yes yeah, I've heard that the Newbury Crater has been experiencing something of a swarm of earthquakes recently, although not in the vicinity of where they were doing the uh, the geothermal um, test drilling. So yeah, that's... You know, a natural event going on somewhere in, around that uh, Newbury area. So, uh, that... yeah, out around Silver Lake's a whole lot better place to be than Hillsborough, Scapoos, Forest Grove. Yeah, good thinking. You know, I've, I've, I personally lived in a city in New Zealand for about 15 years in the capital, and I was in an earthquake in a high-rise building there. And, you know, it's actually much like Portland in that 
it sat on and sits on a lot of fault lines. And being in that one earthquake that swayed the building I was in, it felt like about five feet in each direction, um, convinced me that living in a city is not the wisest thing to do. And I know it means uprooting, you know, your traditional way of life or your accustomed way of life, but cities to me are um, just not safe places in an earthquake. Right, and I've always been on a farm or ranching or timber, and I'm by myself now, so I can pretty much be wherever I need to be. Yeah, yeah and, and gathering those skills uh, as you can is really important. You know, there are a lot of things that a person can learn to do to make themselves more self-sufficient. Um, you know, having right. some sort of a, a skill after an event of that nature is really important. I can imagine that builders would be in demand very quickly. Well, that's I totally agree. Hey, Richard, thank you for your call tonight. Michael, it's been good to do another Wise Prepper show, and uh, we look forward to next week. Coming up June 1st on the Wise Prepper show, we're going to have uh, the Blackstones on, and we're going to talk about uh, firearm safety, and, of course, that'll be a good time to call in and talk about the Second Amendment. And, I'm, uh, hoping, Joshua, I'm hoping that we can get Clyde Lewis on board next week. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be something that we'll have to talk to him about. Coming up next is going to be the best of Clyde Lewis, and uh, we're looking forward to that. Michael, thank you for joining me from home this evening, and uh, I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks a lot, Joshua. Thank you, listeners. Come hey. to the store. We need you. We do need you. Take care. This has been the Wise Prepper Show. FM News 101 KXL. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Wise Prepper Show. The podcast is available online at wisepreppershow.com. Joshua and I are available to help you get prepared Monday through Saturday at the Portland Preparedness Center on the corner of 72nd and Gleason or online at getreadyportland.com. You can interact with us on Facebook and be sure to tune in for next week's edition of the Wise Prepper Show on Saturday from 8 to 9 p.m. on 101.1 FM KXL or online at kxl.com.